0: Transformation starts in your mind. What you think is what you feel is, is what, what you do. do. I'm Simon Mangra and I'm Rose Body. Welcome, Welcome to, mind to Mind Your Thoughts podcast. Thoughts.
1: Hi, welcome to this week's episode, which is Mind Your Mental Health. Now, this is such a big topic, and of course, one that we won't be able to cover every single aspect on. To begin with, myself and Rose would like to put a disclaimer out there. Both myself and Rose work in the space of personal development, and we do work in the space of coaching. Uh, However, we are not mental health experts as such. So Anything that we're going to discuss today is going to be on the basis of our own experiences, our own reflections and thoughts. And to a certain degree, certain tools that we utilize for ourselves in order to stay on top of our own mental health. Um, Of course, there's going to be a lot of different things being discussed. uh, But if you are in a space where you do need more professional specialist or expert help, please seek out expert advice for that. But we hope that, as always, that this episode will give you plenty of food for thought and hopefully some kind of tools that may be able to support you, depending on where you are. But please do reach out to a specialist if needed. So, as we dive into our juicy topic of today, Rose, what is your thoughts about minding your mental health? Oh, gosh. gosh.
0: Oh, you know every time I every time I think of the topic when we said we were going to discuss it, I think, oh gosh, where do we start? Because yeah. m- mental health, obviously, it's a at the moment it's a word that we hear a lot. We hear it on the news, you know. We hear it, it, it depending on the type of work you do. You hear it within the you know the workplaces that you work in. Um, you know, there's a lot about mental health, so. I think where I want to start and this is again not we're not experts but I just thought it would be good to to talk about the types of mental health because when I was doing a bit of research it looks at the types of mental health that um that's how, that can help disorders that can um affect people and we're actually not going to go down the road of talking about the disorders in any detail but it's just to give people an idea uh, when we're talking about mental health and the sort of things that affect other people. So what I what I looked at and wrote down was the disorders that come under mental health, things like mood disorders, uh, mm-hmm. depression, and bipolar. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. he
0: also talks about anxiety disorder, um, personality disorders, psychotic mm-hmm. disorders like schizophrenia, and they even had things like eating disorders um down. Yeah. As mental health and obviously trauma-related disorders such as uh, PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress in, um, disorder, yeah. and substance abuse, they put under mental health as well. Okay. Yeah, it was qu- it was quite interesting to read that because obviously when I if, when I think about mental health <clears throat> and minding mental health, I do think
1: about the things like mood, anxiety. Yeah, Sometimes it's just in the space of just the like almost topical space where it's anxiety and stress and yeah. it like, can be a bit more like ex- serious, uh, extensive. Sometimes it's just the moment or for a day or two and not as like detrimental, but it still can lead towards deeper issues if not supported or helped in the early stages. That's just my opinion. Yeah, um, But I, I feel like maybe that that's the angle that you're kind of, going with yeah
0: yeah because that's yeah because it was just the case of uh, I would say that I everybody has their own I suppose everybody would have their own um, understanding and what mental health means to them Mm -hmm. Um, things like uh, personality disorders although I've done um, I've done training different training to do with um, first aid um mental health first aid and so forth with work with different work environments and so forth i wouldn't have automatically thought of personality disorders the first thing i would Mm. have gone to is the mood disorders and the anxiety and sort of the psychotic things psychotic disorders Mm. that's what i would have first things and like and the trauma as well the uh, trauma related disorders they're the first things I would have thought of that's me because I would have thought that to people you know if you're in a situation of example we we was having a discussion about work pressures and stress and and having you know sorry going through a bit of a bad day and obviously there I was saying that these are things that would lead into if obviously not not looked at not you know not used any sort of tools or spoken to somebody about can lead into things like the mood disorders and the anxiety disorders. And that's why I was coming from that point because I think we start off, you know, we talk about mental health, but we start off from something very mild and then that develops Mm. into something more serious Um, and in anxiety and stress, most of us, have had some sort of, um, you know, some dealings with that, whether it's ourselves or other people who have dealt with that, whether it's in a work situation or in a personal situation. We've either worked with people who um, we've been supporting people who actually suffer from some sort of anxiety or mood disorder, or we may have experienced it ourselves. So that was sort of the thing, that the where I was coming from. As I said, I think this is such a massive topic. It's just like, where do you start? So yeah. I'm going to throw that back to you. What was your initial thoughts when you, when we decided to do this, um, this subject?
1: For me, I think because you and me both have a background in psychology, we're all about how the mind works. And this is the whole reason we came together to put this podcast together about, where our mindsets are and how we deal with things on the mindful level. And almost we we, we talk about it a lot in every episode about the self-awareness, um, mm. and where when you become more mindful or also known as more conscious and consciously aware of how you say things, do things, how you react and respond to life, how we we, we just deal with things. Um that plays it is linked massively to how it impacts our mental health. So I think because it's such a big linked topic, um, first thing that came to my head is that, exactly like yourself, where do we start? But I think it's more from that space of keeping on top of things so it doesn't get into the space where it gets too deep. I know that we've done a previous episode kind of touching on this type of thing. And we talked about it then about, for me, it's always been like, if we stay in a space of, say, stress, anxiety, or depressive thoughts. We're di- It's like almost digging a hole. And if you keep digging too long, eventually you can be so deep in there, it's hard to get out of it. Um, That's just, again, like I'm putting it out there, that's my perception of it. Everybody else, like you've said, rightfully, we've got our own subjective view of what it means to us. For me, that's what it means personally for me. So if I kept on being in that space and going around in circles with myself, I could end up in a space where, It's hard for me to get out of and the deeper I dig it, the harder it will be. It's not impossible, but it does get a bit tougher if you're in those depths. And it's like the downward spiral analogy that comes in my head. So for me, it's always been about maintaining myself in a way where I can avoid going down that tunnel and creating that little digging that (laughs) tunnel for myself uh, and being able to keep on top of things in that space. uh, Because... I just feel like if I don't keep on top of my mental health, I always say to everybody, not just mental health, but physical health, emotional health. they're They're almost like three different categories kind of overlapping with each other. But if you don't have your health, no matter what context that health looks like, could be mental or physical. If you don't look after your health, you don't have anything. Health is wealth. Health is the number one thing that we need to be always focusing on in order for us to have the better results and better relationships and better everything in our lives so it's it's just such a massive thing that has a knock-on effect if not looked after and not just ourselves it affects people around us massively as well um so yeah there's a lot that we're going to obviously explore today but that's kind of like where my head's at to begin with when I talk about it and I guess it that's day-to-day checking in with yourself where you're at and uh, keeping an eye on that again linking to that self-awareness for oneself
0: yeah it's it's, I like the way that you've um links back to the mental health to the you know your health is your wealth the physical health um one of the things I this is what again this is from our perspective this is what I believe I feel I feel that yeah we can be physically we can I feel I feel that if I'm not if I'm not in a, a great mental state, so say I wasn't, fe- I wasn't feeling well um, or I was feeling a bit stressed because I had a lot of things to do, had deadlines, that sort of thing, I feel that my physical health dips as well because, yeah, if, I'm because busy some- yeah. Yeah, if I'm busy with something else because I'm really busy, I'm stressed, I've got deadlines, I'm not going to go and do the things that's going to keep my body going physically that's including eating because you know what we then go into the whole cycle of not eat, of eating badly not having exercise and so I always think that everything starts with the mindset first I think I've said this in other epi- I'm sure I've said this in other episodes mm-hmm. it starts with that mindset first and obviously looking at you know, we, we look at our physical health and say, do you know what, actually, I can see that I'm putting on some weight, yeah, and I need to do mm-hmm. some exercise, but we can't see that with
1: ourselves. <laughs> the mental weight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is that we probably do know, but most of us, we tend to I know, I do it as well. I put up my hand, I was like, okay, yeah, 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 I've got a lot on, my mind is racing. He said, you know what, try and park that and just do that and i will be fine, just park that, I'll just get on with it. It's not a problem. And then it hits you. Yeah,
1: that's happened
0: to me as well. Yeah, because we think we can just keep going and going and going, but we wouldn't do it with our body. It's it's yeah,
1: Yeah, because physically we don't have that. We, we've got that physical limitation I mean I will link that through now to me being uh, at the time of this recording being pregnant and coming up we'll be at like eight months now I definitely have felt it like being physically bigger now there's times I want to like rush around and do shopping or walk really quick and I can't literally my body's like mm, slow down I can feel the stretches and the aches and the pains I'm like whoa I need to walk slower now so I have to just grab my husband and be like can we just walk a little bit slower or you walk ahead but I'm gonna have to walk swaddle slowly behind you and physically I know that exertion's there and I need to slow down or stop but absolutely right when our mind's racing you know we don't always necessarily go into the slow or stop space but I -hmm. always say to people always listen to your body and in that sense as well we need to listen to our minds and when certain things are coming up we have to pay attention to it and I but, think yeah. this is something where people miss that a lot. And I, again, like yourself, I hold my hands up to it as well. I've missed it in the past for myself too. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's
0: it's so the thing is that, right? Okay, was you know, I I will throw it out there. So if I were you were saying that, oh, we need to catch it, but how would we catch that then? Because if we're, as you say, not consciously aware, because you know, it's that that like that scenario. I'll be driving down the road and I'll be going somewhere and I've driven the route so many times and then my daughter will say to me, oh, mom, have you seen that church on the corner? And I'm like, what church?
1: Mm. <laughs> and that's kind
0: yeah. of what happens with the mind. Um, yeah, well, that's and, a good analogy
1: because the- that's so true for, I think, a lot of people and hopefully, you know, well, I don't want this to be a hopeful thing, but <laughs> people who are listening will relate to it um, quite a bit. Mm. Yeah,
0: so, so imagine now, you're having you you know you're rushing around you maybe feeling anxious but you're just going on autopilot and we don't see that we don't because we've missed it and nobody's bringing our attention to it because we're the only ones in our head yeah mm. how would how would then what have you done to be able to my question to you Simone is that what have you done to be able to catch yourself when you see that fog that cloud coming over or you know you you strain yourself mentally because you're doing excessive stuff you may be worrying because you've got to you've got you know a number of deadlines you may have other issues at home
1: how do you deal with that so I know it's something I've brought up before as well and again it's something that takes practice and time not an overnight thing not a quick switch but I've talked about the techniques spot it and stop it And I know that you're diving deeper into, so how do we spot it? Um, So for me, I think definitely I link it through to because I do a lot of things in the space of law of attraction and manifestation. And that's like always been my biggest passion and go-to for my way of, I guess, managing things and dealing with things. uh, What would, you know, somebody in that space do and say, I try my best to try and keep on that track. They talk about how you feel, is a big massive indicator. Again, we've mentioned Abraham Hicks before. Again, I'm a mad passionate follower of theirs. And they talk about this quite a bit that it's almost like our radar and our signal system. I think they actually call it like there's a certain name they've given it, but off the top of my head I can't remember. But like an emotional signaling system. So emotionally when you're feeling a certain way, you know, we've said always at the start of our episodes, you know, what you, you know, what you think is what you feel is what you do. So when you're feeling a certain way, it's telling us something about what we're thinking or what's going on with us in our heads or in our bodies. And I think feelings are good indicators. So if you're finding it hard to spot something, if you're feeling crappy most of the time, or you're feeling, uh, it could it could come in any form, maybe sleepless nights, maybe loss of appetite, maybe just feeling exhausted, maybe just being a bit irritable and ratty with people around yourself. When you see these kind of things and you just think, oh, you know, everything seems to be pissing me off, for example, uh, or just, you know, I hear it a lot. I've been that person as well, where I'm just like, I don't like people. People need to stay away from me. <laughs> I don't want to associate with no one right now. When I have them kind of feelings, and if that's been happening for a long time, like over a space of a week or maybe a month, and the whole a few weeks have gone like me feeling that way, it's a big, strong indicator that there's something else going on on the mental side that needs to be addressed and for me then i i'll be like okay this is where i need to stop and take a rain check and for me now i am in that space where i will definitely just stop everything that i'm doing and i will say and i think a big thing that people struggle with is saying no because it links to so many other things in our lives like you know if if you've been invited to an event or a special occasion or something and you really don't want to go because you need that time out to just rest up or you just want to do nothing But people are like, well, what's your reason why you're not coming? And you're thinking, I don't have a reason. My reason is I don't want to do anything. It's a hard conversation to sometimes have. And it's about giving, honouring that special time for yourself and your me time and honouring that space for yourself. Uh, But sometimes we're such in a space of people-pleasing, you know, or we just want to keep up appearances or we feel really obliged or we feel really guilty if we don't go and we feel like, what are they going to think about me if I didn't go? we will then put our own needs to one side and then keep entertaining other people for these various reasons and then we don't do ourselves any favours so I'm in a very like stronger space now where I'm I will say no if I have to and even if it means I'm really guilt you know feel guilty about something or feel really gutted about it I will genuinely express that to that person and say you know I really wish I could but I've just got too much on right now and Hopefully, if you've got the good, right people around you, you know, we always say, you know, be mindful of connections and people that you associate with. <laughs> if you've got the right people around yourself, they'll be very understanding. Uh, if they're not understanding, then maybe you need to take a rain check on the kind of people you're associating with as well. But that's, again, a whole nother topic. But I think, yeah, for me, it's about assessing where you're at, see how you're feeling about things and really like noticing that as a bit of a signal indicator like again if you if you do runs regularly if you go for jogs all the time and then all of a sudden you've got a pain in your leg in your calf or your knee or your ankle you would notice that and be like okay I need to like chill out on this running I need to like let this heal a bit so we need to do it with our mental health as well and there's obviously so many different ways to do it I guess I'll put it out to yourself then Rose on that note is there any ways that you tend to spot these things and and how do you manage that
0: well first of all i want to say yeah what you said is absolutely spot on and is exactly the indicators are the feelings i also i also um i i kind of feel that that's what god gave us i mean not everybody's religious but you know i i do believe in god what god gave us was our feelings to tell us when things are off yeah yeah um because it it, you know you know it's one of those things you know um i don't know you've gone somewhere and you just feel that this is not the right place and then you leave and then somebody says something happens so your feelings are that indicator so when you feel off and it's not outside but it's internal it's the same message it's I always call it. It's like a GPS. That's what I call it. I think it's like my GPS to say no, don't Mm. do that because I don't feel right or there's something not. There's something I'm not looking at. But yeah, if I'm feeling stress, if especially with me, it'll be sleep. I won't sleep. Yeah, yeah. I feel like my mind cannot is racing, and that's when I always know that my mind is racing, and I'm like. Why am I not slut shutting off? I think some of that is down to obviously the self-awareness that I have of myself. And I am quite conscious of what I'm thinking and what I'm saying. And that's been a number of years, as I would say, that's been a number of years on this journey. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not an overnight thing. So because I am that consciously aware of what I'm thinking and why certain things are happening. I'm like, why am I thinking that? Why am I feeling this way? And I'm always questioning myself. What I will do is then, is then say I need downtime. Some of it is the case of I'll say, okay, today I'm going to go have a bath and I'm just going to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Half past eight, nine o'clock, go to bed. And maybe I'll wake up, I won't sleep until the morning. But what I, what I feel is that it gives my, time, my body that time to rejuvenate. But I also... Another thing I do is question those feelings and go and journal. And I've said this in, I think, from we started doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. My go-to thing has always been journaling. This is where I started my journey journaling. Mm-hmm. I didn't it's even very know powerful, yeah. powerful tool. Yeah, it's fantastic to get what's in your head down on the paper. What I found is that if I cannot sleep, if I'm because I've got loads of things going around, and I go and write it down, it's almost like emptying a bin.
1: <laughs> that's all I can you know say. I was just going to say, when you were saying it, it reminds me of the uh, mind dump exercise I've done with uh, colleagues and clients and, you know, with myself. And absolutely, first thing in the morning, all the stuff that's clouded in your head, I always say, <laughs> write it down. But what I actually say on the back of that is destroy it. So maybe that means ripping it up burning it flushing it whatever that looks like for a person actually physically get rid of it because it's like you're dumping it on a piece of paper but then you're actually physically dumping it so you've got it out of your system and that can sometimes be like half the work done but again it works differently for other people but yeah I feel like that's my version of what you're talking about
0: well that that's actually fantastic because I think it's also Bob Proctor when he was alive one of his teachings was that they actually do an exercise and you write everything down that you want to get rid of and you burn it
1: because mm. it's the but metaphorical it, aspect of it because you're physically getting rid of something then you mentally link it and associate it with yeah I've, I've let that go that's it
0: and it's like a freeze that that is like a freeing it's almost like a it's like a mental cleanse <laughs> i suppose if you're going to go to a spa day that's like a bit of a, a mental spa in itself that's mm. one of that that's another thing i do and the thing that i have been doing lately because i've had a lot of conflicting deadlines and work on is actually going back to meditation mm. meditation and not even for very long i set my alarm On a daily basis, um, in the week, Monday to Friday, at a particular time, for about five, it'll go off, and I have five minutes meditation. I use a, I think it's it's one of the podcast um, apps I have on my phone, and there's a, a, I think it's one minute meditation, and it's amazing how just one minute meditation does make you feel refreshed it makes your mind feel better because of, the, because of the breathing exercises, the relaxation, mm. if you've got tension in your shoulders and you're just sort of breathing in and lifting up and the way that you release that, it's amazing like how, again, a bit like the writing where you're getting everything out of your head, it's almost like you're releasing every bit of what's going on in your head and then you can start seeing it clearly and actually dealing with it on a on a level of, of it be instead of it being like a whole a pile of rubbish just thrown on the floor, it's actually now <laughs> sorted in proper recycling. i was yes. going down the rubbish route as analogies today, aren't I?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's it's so true. We need to look at it that way in order to, you know, try and reassess how we're doing it because it's true. If you have got rubbish in your house, you will just clear it up and put it away. But when we got rubbish in our minds, um, people don't always know how to clear that up. Um, but I love how what you said about the meditation and the breathing, because definitely like workshops I've done have been around breathing exercises and mindful breathing and all that relaxation breathing. Even the hypnotherapy work I do takes you takes everybody down a route to do breathing first to ground ourselves and get ourselves into this like space where we're kind of like not fully asleep, but we're quite mentally relaxed in order to allow good things to come into the mind so guided meditations are fantastic i would say um if you can find somebody who will do them with them with yourself i do these myself if anybody's interested feel free to get in touch but there's a lot of ones on youtube and online you can find them literally everywhere and just listen to it because sometimes trying to meditate on your own is sometimes quite tricky for many people that i've worked with and sometimes for myself but whereas if i'm hearing somebody talk me through it my mind's easily like guided and it'll always take you into relaxed space settings so i'll make you like do an internal visualization of being in a very serene place so whether that's like a beach or being in the fields being in a park with scenic views you know just being in very relaxed um environments we visualize it and we imagine those like waves and the sea and and what the wind sounds like and the sand between our toes and stuff And just having those imaginations and somebody talking you through that and then getting you in that really, like, deeper seated space can be very, very powerful. That one thing that you said about the minute meditation is something that not many people take uh, seriously or they can take it for granted. But there's a lady I listen to a lot as well called Brahma Kumari. She's part of... um, Oh, I'm thinking now. She's actually part of Brahma Kumari's... They're they're a a sect of uh, women who you know, have a certain lifestyle where they're all about mindfulness and living a pure lifestyle and stuff. And Mm -hmm. uh, her name's Sister Shivani and she's got a lot of amazing YouTube videos as well. And some are in Hindi, but some are in English and some have got subtitles. I'd really strongly suggest, you know, people watch her if you can. She's amazing. But she talked about having a timer on her phone and she Mm -hmm. talked about every hour Mm -hmm. she gets a little ping Because she goes for the amount of hours that I'm awake, if it's say 16 hours of a day, she goes at least 16 minutes of my day I know that I've done meditation because every hour I'll remind myself for a minute, that's it, take a pause, breathe, get within myself, connect with myself, take those 60 seconds and then she'll carry on with the day. But she she has a little alert where every hour it'll alert her to do a minute's worth of meditation
0: it's it's ever funny you say that I do that with the meditation but throughout the day I don't do the meditation but what I do to help where I'm thinking is that I have a message on my phone that comes up every hour and it asks well you can ask basically put whatever you want but mine says where am I focusing I love every that. <laughs> you see that every time I see that message it gets me thinking that that helps me with the that helps people with conscious awareness because you're now asking yourself so where am I focusing and at that point you go actually what was I thinking? <laughs> <Did> you know <laughs> what I mean? It, it makes you because sometimes we go off into this into this world of thinking about all the problems and all the things that's going on, and then all the things we need to do, mm. and then people, ah, how do we do this? And it, it goes on and on and on. But mm. every time I get that message, it goes, Where am I focusing? And I'm like, Okay, yeah. Actually, now recenter myself. It's almost like it's a recenter. It comes up, it, it, it alarms. I can snooze it because I've set it up that way, or I can stop it. But when I see it, because it goes off, I'm actually seeing the words. Where are you focusing? And I'm like, actually, where am I focusing? I said, actually, I was focusing on that, but now my mind's gone off in a different direction and it brings me back to to know where I am. A simple, yeah. it's a very, very simple thing, but I've been doing that for a long time. It's, it, it happens all the time. It goes on until about 10 o'clock at night before
1: I go to bed. Yeah, I think that's I'm a fantastic focusing. suggestion, yeah. yeah. So.
0: It's very helpful for you to, as I said, that start, that that self awareness that like you've talked about, uh, Suman, Have it. How do you get to that point to be able to maintain your mental health in a place that it's it's never it's always going to be up and down. You know, life yeah. is a flow. We're not going yeah. to be always one way, but at least you've it. got tools. That's going to, when you are not feeling in the right place or things are not happening the way you want and you start, go, you've got something there to help you to 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 maintain and bring you back to centre. And you think, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, where am I focusing? I was actually yeah. focusing on that thing. But now I can say, actually, instead of focusing on worrying about it, I wonder what I can do about it. And then that's where that takes me. It takes me into the other place of instead of worrying, thinking, oh, this is bad. It thinks me, say, well, actually, I was thinking about how bad it is, but what else can I do? Is there another mm-hmm. scenario? And then I'll forget about it. And then probably an hour later, I'll actually have a solution because I've got myself back from going down that spiral road of yeah. worry.
1: Yeah. yeah. There's so much to unpack within that, like, question so many things that went through my head (laughs) first things first was um I guess you know just once you start getting that awareness it's like we we've kind of mentioned it already in this episode it's taken us years to get to where we are um and by no means is it a straight road and no means is it that we are the most fantastic people who are in right you know in the elite space of our mental health (laughs) you know we still have our days and I think it leads me to this other thought about you know the grand saying it's okay not to be okay Mm. so whenever you're not okay it's about being in a space that be okay with that that sometimes that is gonna happen that's life it's supposed to be that way we're not supposed to have everything hunky-dory and if anything we need those things to happen in order for it to be that you know signal like we were talking about how else are we going to get these signals you know um i know you and me rose before we spoke about this earlier as well today you know mm-hmm. sometimes if everything was always positive and happy clappy we would never learn anything from that we wouldn't grow from it so things sometimes have to go wrong and things sometimes you know mistakes have to be made or we need to have these different feelings for a reason it's what makes us human to feel things and to feel every feeling of the spectrum is I think a a life well lived in my Mm -hmm. personal opinion and I think when we're feeling certain way and we're having a bad day to kind of think okay if that is happening like you've kind of touched on it as well what can I do about it now not everybody can do something about it in that moment I'm going to give you a very specific example here now something that's recently happened with myself so generally over the course of my pregnancy I've been in a very good space however everybody talks about how hormones are up and down because of all the different hormones going on in my body they're like oh you're quite hormonal so there's been times if I've had a bit of a meltdown or something's really annoyed me you know there's time that I was really upset with somebody over something they'd done and another person said to me oh well you're being hormonal and that just really offended me because I was just like yes there's a part of me that probably is being hormonal I don't know but at that moment I did say well even before being pregnant I've had emotions my emotions can still get hurt and if I'm not if someone's if I feel like someone's hurt my feelings I don't want that feeling to be dismissed just like that oh it's just hormonal forget it let it go and it was like That made me more annoyed and upset, and I thought, "Well, thanks for helping me with that." But point being, I did have then. I've had a couple of episodes where, when I actually looked it up, because again, I'm I'm quite like yourself, Rose. I was very aware that this isn't how I normally be, like mentally or emotionally. Generally, I'm on top of things, but I can have my odd days. But I was going through bouts of anxiety where it was ongoing, like for a whole day or for a whole evening. And even when in my head, I thought I'd made peace with something, honestly, like the way the only way I can describe it is like the 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 feeling that I felt was as if everything's like overwhelming and everything's shutting down on me, and I was just really upset, and I was feeling like. Every single time these sad emotions were coming up and then I was just crying loads. So I tried to switch it off and, you know, I always go down this route of doing the self-care thing and I always say, you know what, put something funny on, watch watch some comedy or listen to some good music um, or, you know, do things that you enjoy doing because it'll switch your mind from whatever's bothering you. These are a tiny bit of a distraction but also kind of put you in a better headspace. I was doing these things and watching these comedy programmes and I'm laughing and then in between I started crying again. And I was listening to nice music and then all of a sudden I started crying again and when I kept noticing that why do I keep this emotion keeps bubbling up in me all of a sudden I had this massive pain in my neck and my shoulders or going all the way to my elbows and my wrists and my fingers even on one of the days and at the time I looked it up and it said oh carpal tunnel syndrome is something common in pregnancy because women have a lot more fluid in their uh, blood and their arms And I thought it was that first. I thought maybe this is a sign of that, which just made me a little bit more upset saying, oh, one more thing, oh, you know. But then when I had the second episode of it, a few weeks later, the pain was there again. And I noticed it again. The self-awareness goes a long way. I was like, hmm, right, okay, I've got this pain. Like My husband, bless him, he was there massaging my shoulders, my neck, my arms, and even like my knuckles were hurting. I was just like, this is crazy because... If it was carpal tunnel, I would have had it after. But it seems to have only happened when I've had my anxiety episode. Mm -hmm. So I went online and looked it up. And it said wrist pain is associated with anxiety. And it's Mm -hmm. called psychosomatic pain. Mm -hmm. And it was talking about how that mental stress or pressures can turn into the physical form in that way too. And that you get a lot of tension in your neck and your shoulders. And then because that's linked to your arms and your wrists, so on so forth you'll get the pain throughout (laughs) um and anxiety can be linked to that now there's me thinking I'm a person who helps people and does these like anxiety relief workshops and classes (laughs) and I do these mindful breathing things but I'll be honest in that moment I wasn't first thing wasn't in my head to do mindful breathing I was just Mm -hmm. like oh my god I've just got aches and pains right now and I'm just this emotions coming up let the emotion come out so one thing I did allow myself to do was to cry in that space I didn't try and hold it back or suppress it because I just feel like suppressing things just is bottling things up. But so I let myself have the emotions and let it come out. And I didn't like, you know, feel embarrassed or anything about it, even though it was feeling a bit odd for me. I thought, just go with it. Your body wants to do some kind of release, let it release. And um, that seemed to have helped me in that moment. Having said that, I'm going to, again, with a pinch of salt, say this, if this happens to other people. I've also known people who have stayed in that space where they're constantly crying every single day. For me, it was just like the matter of one day or one evening. It wasn't the next day I was better by it because i would let it go. But please don't be in a space where you constantly cry because you think, oh, crying is the best thing. I absolutely will say to people, don't ever hold your tears back. If you feel upset about something, allow it to come out because a lot of people hide it and hold it. But yeah, for me, I think when that opened up a can of worms for me, I think it just really raised my awareness that anxiety can come in so many different forms. I still don't know enough about it because there's so much to this topic, like we talked about, and anxiety in itself being a massive topic within the topic. Um, But yeah, definitely, I never even was aware that it can take on that kind of physical form for people. But until I didn't experience it, I didn't have the awareness about it. And I think it's just, definitely opened up my eyes to just being a bit more mindful of when other people share their stories or their feelings around their version of anxiety that it can look like many different things so even though someone like me who keeps on top of my mental health generally I've had moments where I had massive dips and it did physically impact me and Mm -hmm. the only best thing I could do at the time was look into it learn a bit more about it understand what's going on with me a bit more and definitely led me down the path that I was just like I definitely need to do like a spa treatment or something and have a switched off relaxed weekend or something and then fortunately like myself and my husband were able to do that um a few days ago and honestly that in that moment I did totally switch off and was in the most relaxed space but also part of my um antenatal classes talks about breathing exercises to prepare me for labor and birth and again Mm -hmm. I was just like yeah yeah I talk about this stuff all the time Honestly, do I practice what I preach? There's been so many days when I'm not done it, and I've gone a week later. And they're like, "Have you been doing your breathing every day?" I said, "Um, I've probably done it once in the week." And they're like, "You need to be doing it every day." And I was like, "Okay." And I'll be honest; since then, I still haven't done it every day. But there was one day that me and my husband was feeling particularly tense, and I said, "Look, okay, that's now we're noticing it. Let's do some breathing exercises, even if it's just for a minute. Let's do some deep breathing." And honestly, when I just did a bit of deep breathing nothing else just breathing I was on the verge of falling asleep because I'd relaxed myself that much with a bit of breathing so it can go a long way but I, I can totally appreciate sometimes when you're in the mode and there's feelings coming up it's not always the easiest thing to just think about okay now I need to do that breathing exercise or now I need to do such and such a thing Um, so we can only try and just don't beat yourself up over it if you you miss it just just try and reflect back and think next time it happens i'm going to try and do this that's the only way we can try and grow from it i guess i suppose for me um i do i i personally don't
0: think no matter how self-aware you are we all are just humans and we will have at every level of awareness whether you're at a level of awareness or a level of not awareness we still have another level to go so we're still going to have a level where mm. it pushes us beyond and we f- we feel at that we feel low mm. it may be it's a higher level from somebody else but it's still that that point would be our breaking point everybody gets there until they get through that point yeah so I would say no matter how like yourself no matter how aware I am of myself and how good at doing all these things a lot of these things we're talking about sometimes when we're in the midst of that storm you don't always be looking for those things you just its
1: what they say when they say ride the wave and, the, and that's to ride
0: know, the way truthfully i will be honest and say when i've gone back and when i've actually started to do the stuff like the listening to the meditation if i'm not in a great space and then i got think the the phone flicks up and says, "Oh, where are you focused?" I'm like, oh, "I don't want to see that." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the truth. You know, that's the truth. I'm thinking yes. not know. I'm not, "Where am I focused?" Whatever it is, I don't want to be focusing on now. So oh. we all go through that. But I think it's when we get st- when we get stuck in it. It's like anything. When we get we get so um, attached to it is where the issue comes in it's the attachment it's not the thing coming in is the problem it's the attachment to it yeah mm.
1: would you maybe say that's like when we can sometimes in our heads make something a bigger deal than it actually is making like but, little mountains out of molehills or something
0: and you know it's again something that happened to me I had a situation and I was starting to think I was going on I was thinking about it to do with mm to do with um, my job with the charity. I was thinking about it and I think, you know, and, I, and it was getting worse because I was actually building this story. You know, we, believe, we have beliefs and we tend to build them and everything comes back to this belief thing. Our mental health, everything all interjects with the beliefs, the feelings, you know, all of that, the focus, all of it goes all in one. And I had that, and I had that scenario, and I was thinking about it, and I was saying, "Oh it could go it's gonna this is what's gonna happen, and that person is thinking this now it was not that person's thinking, it was my thinking, and I was making it a lot bigger than it was, and it's um. only when I had to say it's only when I went, what are you doing stop you don't know that's what's going to happen now that's me going back into normal um, the be being conscious of what I'm doing instead of being irrational, (laughs) yeah, Mm -hmm. which is what I
1: was doing. I call that, yeah, for me that's being responsive rather than reactive.
0: Yeah, exactly, well first of all I was being reactive because I was like, oh this is going to happen, oh this is going (laughs) to go this way and all the rest of it, but when I, I suppose speak to, got spoken to myself and pulled myself back to where I needed to be, I was like, I'm the one who's making this thing worse than it is. And mm. actually, once I stopped and went, hang on a minute, the whole thing played out totally different than I was expecting. It actually was fine. It wasn't even as bad. It was no way <laughs> even as bad as I was making that story because the story started to get really bad.
1: Yeah. Do you know when- that, I want to link that back too. We've mentioned it in a previous episode about the book called The Four Agreements. And yes. one of the agreements is to not make assumptions. And I think this story creation that we do is basically that, isn't it? It's assumptions that we're making. And these assumptions, you know, do not always help because we're creating all these, like, big, vivid, <laughs> you, you know, uh, beliefs for ourselves over something that could totally not be fact. And we're just, like, entertaining something and giving mental energy to something that's just not even not even there. there yeah
0: it's ever of so funny you say about the four agreements where I'm actually sat on my desk I actually have that written on the front of me, on my desk but I've added to those agreements but one thing I would say <laughs> another thing another, yeah I've got seven where there's four um but one of the things in that in the four agreements is to um not take anything personally now mm. this is another thing that erodes our mental health because
1: massively oh my gosh let's talk about it
0: really really personally somebody says something or we hear a passing comment but then it's not the passing comment I think it's Bob Proctor used to say it's not it's not what I think it's not what you think it's what I think that you think about me is the issue (laughs) yeah It's It's a mouthful because I'm trying to get into your head thinking what you're thinking about me or what you said about me and taking it personally and that is where the issue comes in and that causes, this is what leads to a lot of anxiety as well and also leads to, there's other things that lead to it. This is only one of the things, might I add. These are Mm. things that can add to that anxiety. Do you, you know, most people probably can identify with having a work situation you're in a work situation you're in a meeting and you say something and you just see somebody roll their eyes remember we were talking about this um mm-hmm. soon.
1: somebody exactly roll their eyes and yeah. then
0: you think oh what i've said is not good enough they may have rolled their eyes because of anything but because now i'm taking it personally yeah i now feel anxious i don't want to and anything to that person broken.
1: says or does will take it personally
0: that's it right and then but not only that the reaction that I have to that because then we go into action is that I don't want to interact in that group anymore because that person has rolled their eyes and then from that because you now don't want to you don't want to react with that I mean I can feel this situation within my body because I've been there yeah so you can feel it within your body and you're saying to yourself well i don't want that and then you start to worry about it and then the constant worry then turns into anxiety and then that anxiety has to come out in your body in some way because everything that we have in our mind has to come out in our body in some way it has to come out in its physical form and that can come out in like panic attacks mm mm-hmm. And that is what, that's what happens. And, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, to now um, say what you needed to say in the meeting. You don't want to see that person. Mm -hmm. Because every time you see that person, you shy away
1: from them. Mm -hmm. Even the thought of seeing the person probably makes you panic. I think this is also uh, kind of linked to people who go off with work-related stress. Because these things go, like, spiral out of control and everything then becomes too much um and then that links to your workload or anybody saying anything or asking you to do something or how team members are behaving it's like you you can get a little bit paranoid about everything and it's not saying that there's not something going on there because it could be people have got agenda with you and issues with you and it's their own stuff but yeah i think it's so true what you said if if you keep taking it personally you're just exasperating the situation. So these four agreements to have that in there. And mm-hmm. I've always said, even in my workspace, I have to say, with customers, when I when I've had customers arguing or complaining about something with me in previous roles, mm-hmm. going in a space of not taking it personally. I remember in the early days I was crying my eyes out when people shouted at me because it was me taking it really personally. But I realized afterwards the best way that I'd learned to evolve from that in my job was don't take what they're saying personally. They're upset at the situation and not at you yes and when I really really learned that and I realized that then I can help them in that situation and try and empathize with them I actually got better outcomes with them and better resolutions and stuff I think in my life when I was younger if I'll be honest I used to take things very personally. It came from a place of, I've seen it with my parents. They still do my mom massively. She holds grudges in a second (laughs) when anyone says or does anything. And she's like, "Mm, I'm not talking to them again. (laughs) You know, and it's like, she'd get very highly offended. And I've seen traits like that in like my siblings as well. At times now where they all take stuff really to heart. And I remember growing up, always being told you're too sensitive. You're too sensitive. You've got to stop being so sensitive, or, you know, and and I used to be like, well, if that's my personality type, that's my personality type. But truthfully, it's because I didn't understand this concept of I'm the one who keeps taking things personally. And if I can just stop doing that, as Bob Proctor was teaching, Mm -hmm. once I've been in a space where I stopped doing that, and there's times that I've done it, maybe in some contexts, I still take things personally. But in other contexts, I've tried to be mindful of it now. And Mm we're talking about it. I'm going to be a bit more mindful on the personal level. But yeah absolutely all of a sudden its I'm not almost a desensitized person but I'm less sensitive and I don't yeah. hear anybody saying it to me anymore that you're too sensitive because I have that space because I've got that confidence in myself and I will you know always be stronger willed and stronger minded in those situations but I think it comes down to that simplest thing because I don't take things too personally anymore I just want to add one little thing to that as well and I say little but this is a big thing <laughs> And I think I may have talked about this before as well. Like, I know i will talk about this with so many different people and possibly have mentioned it on a podcast episode. Um, there's an image. I don't know off the top of my head who took this image. But it's an image that was a snapshot in space. And you see this beam of light. And you see this tiny little dot in the middle of this beam of light. And it says, so many miles and miles away from Earth in space, That little dot is our planet in the grand scheme of things we are a speck of dust on that little speck in that picture and it just makes you think two things that come out of this for me things that we make such a big thing in our heads in the grand scheme of the universe is it really a big thing when we take that kind of perspective on something we realize how trivial those things are the other side of that is this thing that's bothering me today, is it going to bother me a week from now? Is it going to bother me a year from now? Is it going to even be on my radar three years or five years from now? If it's not, stop giving it so much energy and attention. So yeah, I always think about it in the grand scheme of things. It's a speck of dust. It's so trivial. And I think that has always served me as well. So that part of not taking it personally and taking it not that personally because of us being a speck of dust, I think, they can go a long way when you start looking at things that way.
0: And, you know, it's, it's funny that um, one of the things I also think with that is that remembering that everything's a season. You know, yeah. we, we you have to remember we have, I mean, I, I would say this. God was so good that he gave us a week. It's a season. Mm. You get a new week. And then he gave us months and he gave us years. So all these are season. and what may happen in one week, the only reason it will continue is if we let it continue. And that's where we come into the attachment thing. And I know it's always easier said than done. But then when we do take a step and say, well, if you look at, think about this, think about a situation that's happened in your life and you and a person have fallen out. You still hold that situation, yeah. But that person, when you see them a year later, can't even remember the situation. But you're still reeling
1: with it. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. That's happened, and I'm we sure it's happened have, the other way. I've had yeah. where people will say to me, "Remember when you said that?" And I've like, "I don't even can't remember say saying
0: that." that. It, exactly. Yeah, we've 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 all been there, and that's another thing that these are the things that sometimes we do that erodes our mental health. I know Mm. there's, as I said, I will always say um, there is, these are just the simple things because everything starts off simple and then it gets, it snowballs, Mm. Yeah? yeah? But if we look, as you say, do you know what? Spot it and stop it. When it's small, this is where it continues. And sometimes these are the things, the holding of the grudge. So somebody's done something to you the taking things personally do you know what I mean making assumptions, well I was always told that when I was growing up by my grandma you don't make an assumption because assumption makes an ass out of you and me if you spell the yep. word assumption. yeah and that is assumed that's what she's always said uh, she had loads of little stories about analogies and they've probably taken after her <laughs> that. but that's the, they're the things that start to erode imagine you you know i've had a lot of things happen in my life and if i still think about even now if i think back at those things i can feel that feeling of how i felt then now if i can even if it's 20 years later so now if i still can feel that feeling at 20 years and i continue with that that feeling just gets it's it's you know like you say about the brain um it wires together and you get new synapses and all the rest of it it's almost like that you're doing that with the feeling in your body and then the mind is obviously connecting that so every time you think about that thing that feeling's there but that feeling there gets bigger and bigger and bigger and Mm. that's because we keep holding we keep holding on to things as I said it's easier said than done there's a lot of things I've had to say I'm just gonna let go of and just 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 let go of it it doesn't mean Mm. that because sometimes I think we associate the letting go with saying that that what that person did was okay, but it's not about that person. It's now about you, yeah? yeah. And these are the things that that, as I said, erode our mental health. Um, just everyday little things. Somebody said something at work. Somebody said your partner said something at home. Your child did something, and then it's always and then we we sort of keep packing. That instead of digging the Mm. hole, we're now throwing the dirt in it and filling it, and then all of a sudden, this we've got this mountain, and we wonder where it came from. But then the mountain, the the bigger the mountain, the more erosion on our mental health.
1: Well, it's like we said at the start about mental weight, and we talk, we call it pressure, mental pressure. But if you imagine keep piling on things on, in if it was a physical thing, it does become a heavy burden. And you wonder why then your mental health can't take that because if if physically there's something that, you know, a mountain must land on our shoulders, we'll crush us, you know, so if physically we're trying to pick up a weight, which our muscles can't handle, our muscles can snap. So our minds can snap with too much loaded on it. And I think this analogy is always fantastic when it's like they talk about when you're on a train journey. I remember there's two things that came up here, which are very similar analogies. But one was when you're on a train journey, do you stand the whole time holding your luggage in your hand? (laughs) You don't. You put your luggage down. Just put that luggage down and have a breather, take a seat. You don't have to keep carrying things on a daily basis on your mental space, if you think of that side of it. I also remember watching a documentary once where they were talking about it, and they they showed a person, and they had these little stuffed animals, I think, or cushions, mixture Mm -hmm. of things, and they kept on putting one after another on this person's arms, and eventually they had too much that they couldn't carry, and they were Mm -hmm. just like, well, what's the best thing that you do here when you're finding it hard and these things are toppling off? like put some of that stuff down you know so we just have to sometimes kind of relieve our burdens yeah. try and find that way to do it where we're mentally letting go of certain things rather than keep holding on and hoarding things in our mind the way we can sometimes hoard things in our houses stop hoarding those thoughts stop holding on to things something else that's come up as well for me as she was talking about you could meet somebody a year later after something's happened everybody's evolving all the time I'd like to give people benefit of the doubt that we're always evolving and changing and adapting and hopefully improving if not going worse but hopefully improving sometimes when we have an old version of something that's happened years ago with somebody we still remember them for the old version of them they may have totally changed from that person that they were and be an evolved person but we keep judging them by an old version of them and right. keep assuming they're still that old person and it's like no they're not that same person because even we ourselves are not the same person that we were at the time when that incident happened so I think it's a, something that's again people to be mindful of just just be aware are you still judging people by things because it happens in my family a lot <laughs> you know I've heard people 20 years later 40 years later still going on about something that happened 40 years ago and I'm like are you kidding me like I mean, I'm going to just say it in this space here. I hope she doesn't mind me saying it. But my my sister, like she's she's 46 at the moment. She talks about things that happened to her in school time. So I say that when she was 16. Yeah. I'm like, that was 30 years ago, though. And it ain't going to change. Let it go. It's it's done. It's happened. Draw a line in the sand and be done with those things. Because why are you still letting that something that happened that many years ago affect you now? And when we have certain conversations about things about family or things like that, I see her get quite defensive, and again, her guard goes up. She gets offended. She takes it personally, and all those things are just so like almost self sabotaging. I feel, and mm-hmm. I just, you know, I wish I could just dive into her mind and rearrange <laughs> things. But yeah, this is, I guess, where therapists and coaching can can help as well. That's 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 true. The thing but is a that be really like, open to it. That's
0: the only thing. Yeah. A person has to be open to it. But imagine this. I mean, and this is probably going to take us into a, a whole different um, uh, podcast that we probably have to do, is the identity.
1: Because mm. sometimes
0: we're, we're saying, okay, these things erode the mental health, um, our, our mental health. But however, what if that's the person's identity? How they identify, how they how they perceive themselves in the world? Mm. What would happen if that you took that away from them? Could that not it's be a detriment? To, do you see what I'm yeah, saying? not so like taking away them. their reality. Exactly. Mm. So maybe mm. for them to obviously keep those. Not saying that it's a good. I'm not saying it's a good thing, because everything as far as I'm as far as I believe every part of your life is a phase and you know there's a thing that says there's a re- pe- pe- people and things are in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Now yeah. a lot of things that happen to us it's only a snapshot of our life. It's not mm. our life and but if we identify with it it becomes our life and so that's why we have to keep regurgitating this thing. It's a bit like you know Eating the same plate of food all the time. Mm. But actually not cooking it again because you keep regurgitating it. It is like that. (laughs) And that's what we tend to do. And that's what we tend to do. I do it. I know I do it. And most people, anybody who says they don't do it, I would be very um, shocked unless they're very, very highly aware. And you find that with monks, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. On that journey, but for mm. an ordinary person like us, even though we're in the space of personal development, we are still developing. We're still learning, so we mm. will still go through that. And it's through our learning and understanding is why we help people. Because we're not saying that oh no, we're perfect and you, you you'll all be perfect. We're saying this is this is something that's an involvement. It doesn't matter how old you are. Once you're still here on Earth and you're still living and having this experience. You will go through those things, but going through those things is actually, for me, is about your growth. It's about you becoming who you are, who you need Mm -hmm. to be, and part of that mental health and those trials are actually for you to sort of – it's a bit like – that adjustment you do when you're going up and down a hill you're walking you're not you're not on a straight line it's about that so those things in those times although there may be peaks and and the troughs the troughs of life are the places that we learn the most and i suppose it's where this is where we need to get the knowledge of ourselves so that when we are in those places we yeah. can we can be resilient
1: yeah I feel like for me, it reminded me when you was talking about the identity thing that, uh, again, that example you hear about that there's two brothers, one doesn't touch alcohol, one's an alcoholic. And they ask them the question of, you know, why are you, you know, why are you an alcoholic? And they both have the same answer. My dad was a drunk. So because the dad was a drunk, the other person chose to take on that same trait and went on to become an alcoholic themselves but the other one because he saw how his dad was and he chose not to be that way because of that he chose to be a person who doesn't touch alcohol it's a very individual thing and it's down to what the person identifies themselves with for sure um it happens a lot and yeah definitely a whole different topic I think there's this whole element of uh with our naming names we get a lot of people with victim mentalities and that's how they identify. They like being the "well be me" person, um. So they're always going to have situations going on, and and whenever you talk about your life situation or something that's happened at work or something in your health, they'll always want to one up you. Oh, your boss said that to you. Well, my boss did this, and my colleague did this. So this, whatever happened to them was always worse. We, I hurt my leg. Well, guess what? I hurt hurt my whole back, and I hurt my shoulder, and I hurt this. And I've seen these traits of people, but again, yeah, totally different topic, but. Yeah, it is about what we identify with at the end of the day and and trying to identify ourselves with the best version of ourselves. I would say in this space, what you and me talk about maintaining mental health, personal growth, development, evolution, be in that space where you want to be the best version of yourself, of course. Um, uh, We're kind of running towards the end of our um, episode now, but something I did want to touch on um, and explore a little bit with yourself, Rose, is that space about it's one thing when we're minding our own mental health, there's also this space about understanding and trying to manage and not maybe manage, but manage ourselves around other people's mental health. So there's been times around me that people have behaved in, in such ways where it's very questionable. Like sometimes it comes across as bitchiness, awkwardness, stubbornness, um, just being funny with me again, trying not to be in that space of taking it personally, but they'll always be funny with everybody around them. And mm-hmm. it's like, what's going on with them and sometimes we put it down to that's just their personality or they're just they've got bad attitude or they're just bitter because xyz has going on in their life at that time or xyz has happened in their life previously so it's made them be this way but I think there is this space as well of trying to be mindful where we can because again just linking back to my anxiety episode if I'm sitting there crying and crying and crying and I've talked about it with my husband he understands it more what's going on with me but if somebody was sitting by me and didn't know me and doesn't know what I'm going through they could just sit there thinking what the hell she's just crying about just get over yourself like stop crying and in the physical time that I was going through it it's not something I could have just done because sometimes our body you you kind of touched on this yourself Rose when we were talking about it before but Sometimes our bodies and our hormones can be doing things that we can't fully control, and sometimes we have to let it play out and then try and see what can we do to avoid our physical or our emotional hormones go down those routes again. That's the only best thing we can do. But, yeah, um, I think sometimes I see somebody's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde behaviours around me, and I'm like, one minute you like this, and all of a sudden you're switching, you're like this. I do nowadays be a little bit more, hmm, is there something going on with them? And I know we're in a society, and you mentioned this as well, we now have a personal conversation about labels are a massive thing in this world right now, and there's a label for nearly everything. But it can be such a great area because, you know, I don't know how you manage that when you see that. I'm pretty sure we've all come across these people in our lives that be this way. Um, what's your take on that? And is there any kind of suggestions or advice or tools how to deal with those kinds of relationships? Well,
0: you know one thing i um, i want to bring to the table is that when we was talking about this before we started recording one of the things that you brought up is about um loving your enemy but we're not talking about enemy as that somebody you know if you can love your enemy you can love anybody and the word really is about loving that person where they are but also loving yourself and that may mean separating yourself from that person now mm-hmm. That depends on how they are and who they are. If they're going through an emotional situation because it's hormones, so we've got things like women going through uh, um, menopause. So yeah. there could be a perimenopausal. They mm. may go through that. They may go through times. It may actually be not even to do with menopause. It could just to do with the normal every your normal monthly cycle because women mm. get fearful for that. But then. Um, there could be men go through midlife crisis. it could be that a yeah. lot of some men don't cry. yeah, some men don't, don't cry. they don't believe in that but that's just mm. how they go. but then there's some men that do and they could be going through something. That's not about again it's about speaking to that person and seeing how they you know I suppose empathizing with them, mm. showing them that love. But if it's the case of they don't want that and they are becoming the opposite, quite aggressive because they just want, you know, they're not dealing with it very well. Sometimes you may also have to separate yourself. So I would say that for myself, it's about reading the situation as it as it comes up because you Mm. there's not one cap fits all. You know, you say, oh, Mm. we deal with everybody that Mm. way. We're all individuals. You can't Mm. say that. Because some people don't want nobody around them when they're going through a bad time. They just want to deal with it
1: themselves. I'm a bit like that as well, because I've always been the type of person that don't want to burden people with my things. But I think I've come to a space now where there is select few, where I know I can hold a space for them if they need it. And I can totally trust them to hold a space for me. So I think on the back of that, I would say seek out those people who can hold a space for you, even if you don't share it with the whole world. Mm. Share it with somebody who can hold a space with you because getting it out of your system is so much better than keeping it in, for sure. Mm.
0: And that's a big thing because of trust. So obviously that's what causes that because if you trust, if you have somebody you trust and you know that you could tell them and they've got your back, that's the person you share that with and also that they will empathise because sometimes you can have people who may be great in one space. They may be great uh, cheerleader depending on what you're doing in different space but when you become emotional or if you are emotional you're going Mm -hmm. through a problem you're going through um a a situation where your mental health isn't its best and those Mm -hmm. people are not great with emotions they're not the best people to to actually go to for that support because that again can end up eroding your mental health Mm -hmm. worse because Mm -hmm. they may not be able to empathize the way and have to have that sympathy they're not the right people so it's about knowing who the people you have around you so when you do I would say when and if you do go through that and you need that emotional support you've got the right people in place so it's very key to having the right people because you could have loads of people around you but there will not always be great in some situations and it's not any fault of their own it may mm-hmm. be just because of how they see themselves it could be how they've been they've been brought up you know yeah. there's, there's all sorts of reasons so it is very key for us to know who we have around us and we can't pick all you know we can't pick our family and some people mm-hmm. <laughs> to <that> with. Really? <laughs> Thankfully,
1: we can pick our friends hey um but I, I do feel really bad for the people who be in that space and you know some people go to extreme situations where it leads down to even suicidal thoughts or suicide itself um I think those people who feel like there is no one and I don't think there is anybody I could speak to and you know that's their like you know thoughts that they have at the time that there's just they feel like they're trapped and to get out of that headspace definitely this is where you do need to speak to specialist people for this who are more equipped to to handle that but trying to make ourselves be in the best space to start with, to not get to that extent, I think is key. But absolutely, I think on that note, people could be going through stuff that we just have no idea about. So yes. I think kindness goes a long way, compassionate, be a bit gentle. If we're not taking things personally, we have a bit more capacity in ourselves to have a bit more compassion and empathy for people. Uh, and I think I think that can really help with managing if you do have people are a certain way. Because uh, I know when we you and me were exploring and discussing this just a bit earlier before the recording, um, we did talk about how sometimes <laughs> biblically they say, give those people more love and attention, they need it. But I also think personally for me practically, if mm-hmm. it's gonna affect my mood and my energy and my mental health in a way that I can't serve myself anymore and it might impact how I'm serving others around me in my work or my family or my relationships, I'd rather not entertain that and I, I do close myself off from it because I just feel like giving that person their space, giving myself my space um, and just keeping myself that protection, I need to keep myself in on, on track and on form and like you say, on focus with the stuff I'm doing because otherwise I lose focus when my energy can be expelled and and drained in different ways by different people and sometimes they consciously are aware that they're doing it because they might just be that type of person sometimes they don't know that they're even doing it sometimes they don't even know they're having that effect on you and we're also the people that we don't realize the effect we're having on other people around us at times so I think uh, it's just about yeah having that compassion for others but don't forget to have compassion for yourself I think, in the process. Well, yeah, I mean, I
0: totally agree with you because there's no point. How, why would you erode your mental health um, whilst you're helping somebody else? Like, you're not going to be able to really help that person. You need to be full. Your cup needs to be full to be able to help somebody else. Yeah. you, do you know what I mean? Then You're not going to... there's you know, you help somebody in a, to get in a good place, but it puts you in a bad place. That's not really a good. It's not really a good scenario, a good position. So sometimes, if we're if we're not the fitting person, but we can help them, we can support people in many ways. It might not be mm-hmm. the case of you're supporting somebody firsthand, being the one sitting there and talking with them. But what about you saying, okay, then I can access this help for you. I can put you in touch with this person or I've actually worked with somebody really good, a really good coach, a really good counsellor. Why don't we make an appointment when you're ready? You know, there's different ways of supporting somebody Mm -hmm. if you're not in that position to be able to be the one doing the, you know, the sitting and the talking. and Do you know what I mean? There's so many ways we support somebody. It could be just... It could just actually be sitting there and not actually saying anything. We don't always have to say something because mm-hmm. in silence, there's a lot of things. Yeah, you know, it's it's just that the person knows you're there at the end of the phone. The person is that you know that you dropping on them. You know, it, it's there's so many ways of supporting somebody, and I think some we we tend to look at only the way that we're comfortable with or the way that is you know what people will say is the norm whatever that is yeah but they, they, you we we have to think about all sides we have to obviously you're not going to put yourself you're not going to help somebody and then put yourself into danger they say that in emergency, if you're going to put yourself in danger, you're not to do it. The best thing you do is call the emergency services. Does that make sense? And that mm. would be the same in this space. So, if you was going to help somebody who was in um, a position of their mental health was going low, and you in was low, and you saw that, and they were speaking to you and they needed support, and you would say to them, "Well, let's go and get this support." because they would be able to help you more. But I'll come with you. I'll be there with you. So that you've not okay. left them, you're there with them. But you then get somebody who's professional.
1: Mm, which is what they call moral support, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's just so many ways you can support somebody. Mm-hmm. We don't always yeah. have to be. We may yeah. do that. We don't we have to
1: have the answer. Have...
0: Yeah, we can no, kind we of be
1: don't... the bridge between no. the answer. Mm. No,
0: yeah, because we may be able to reach out to somebody that that person doesn't know. That's the support in itself, because they may be in the pace of a quandary saying, I don't know where to go. And you say, well, I know exactly that person or I know exactly where to go. Now, that's a massive support. Yeah,
1: or even trying to do that research for them because they're not in the mindset space to go online and look for who can help they're in their little space they're dealing with what they're dealing with so you could always do that for them and say do you know what i i I don't know who's who but let me find that because we've got so much information at our fingertips now we can support people in that way as well so yeah that's a really good good suggestion yeah
0: i I will give you an example of that i was working with a a client she's no longer working with me now Uh, but Mm. she was with me for quite a while well her partner was working with a young lady who was going through a lot of mental health issues. Now, this is not my client. It's my client's partner. But because he knew his, you know, his girlfriend was coming to me and this girl that he was working with was going through this bad time, he Mm -hmm. actually asked his girlfriend about me because that was the way he could support this young lady who worked with him and it was he he was having conversations with her but he realized that he couldn't support her the way she needed support but he knew somebody who was getting support from someone and who he you know his girlfriend had been talking talking quite highly about me to him and that's why she this lady came to me now this lady is not with me any longer either because she was able to get the support she needed just because he was a support to her but he was a lead to someone else and it wasn't even direct to him. It was through his girlfriend, you see. And this is why Mm. I said there's so many ways that you can support somebody. And even for yourself, you know, you, you know, you may be thinking, oh, well now I'm listening to this and, you know, I've heard Rose and Suman talk about mental health and talk about how I can get support and how maybe I'm in a bad place, but I've got a partner who's also in a bad place, but I know I can't sustain this actually I'm still supporting them by going and finding out help for the two of us or for that person do you know what I mean there's just so many ways we can help people because it's 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 not always what we know it's it's you know it's it's who we know
1: yeah that's reminded me of an example of a, a friend of mine where a lot of her family members and even her partner was saying to her oh, you, you've got issues you have. You definitely need to get some counselling or something. They kept saying it to her that you need to deal with your emotions. You keep on having erratic or out, anger outbursts and stuff. And she's just like, well, everybody just keep this annoying me. So what am I supposed to do? But she did say, okay, I probably do need that help. She kind of like took it on board, even though it was a there's part of her that was taking it a bit personally and offensively, like as anybody would. But they were obviously just trying to help, even if it was in a mean way or whatever it was. But eventually she said to her partner, I think we both need it. And he, first of all, was like, no, only you need it. And it was just like, actually, if you can do it with me, and maybe there is things you can work on as well, that in itself was the, the support she needed. And actually, eventually that person did start going with them. And they went as a couple and started having couples counselling and therapy. And it's really served them really well. And I was just really grateful to hear that she said that, yeah, my partner is going to come with me. But initially they were like, no, not me. Only you're the one who needs it. Mm. And I think as partners sometimes or as friends, we've got to look at this side of it that, look, if this is going to help them, then yeah, I'll, I'm going to do this as well. Because truthfully, I think there's always capacity in our lives for needing some form of therapy, coaching or counselling, Um, no matter what, because life is tough sometimes. And it's people around us that can like they say no man is an island it's the people around us that can help make things better and we've got to utilize that as we've mentioned before it's a resource you utilize the resource of people around you that you know we're always we're generally the first people who want to help everyone else but we don't allow people to help us Mm
0: -hmm. so let
1: people help you and try and be the person who can be that support but yeah I guess um that kind of brings us to the end there now so kind of to sum up I guess any final thoughts from yourself, Rose, as always? Uh,
0: just final thoughts. I'm just thinking. Um, oh, gosh, we've covered so much ground. <laughs> There's like, still probably so much we were going to cover, but I think we've yeah. covered a lot. <laughs> we've, we've, covered, we've covered a lot of ground. So I think in summing up everything, I would say when it comes to mental health we know it's quite a large area there's lots of elements in there um different disorders that people speak about but the one thing i one thing i've realized in talking all of this is that um we will you know we all will go through something at some point but i will go back to the four agreements if we if we think about not taking things too personally and not making assumptions, that in itself can help us to move towards or oh, stay in, maintain a good mental health. And that's that's down to that mindset first um, thing that I believe in. Mindset first, looking at what am I thinking? What am I feeling? To really move you into a better space. But also understanding if I'm not in a good space, that there is help, whether it's help from family or friends, or when, whether it's more um, professional help. There is help for that. But people go through. Everybody goes through something at some point. But we have to remember the small, the small thing we go in can become a big thing if we don't look at those
1: those areas that I've just spoken about yeah I think for me it's all about what you actually said about where's my focus I've got this little thing on my uh, little uh, post-it notes with little reminders around my desk I've got one uh, focus on how you want to feel and I think sometimes when we're feeling bad or we're feeling like in a bad space we can sometimes just subconsciously put it out There's so I don't want to feel this way but the way manifestation works in my world the don't don't doesn't mean anything the negative words don't be picked up by our subconscious so the more you say I don't want to feel this way all it's hearing is I want to feel this way I want to feel this way so focus on how you want to feel to get out of that space Uh, definitely you're not alone anybody listening and chiming in now and resonating with anything that's been said today you are not alone hopefully clearly we've established that when we shared our own experiences we've been through things ourselves and we've everybody around us has been through their own thing as well so it might seem small to other people and generally it can be trivial stuff but if it is a bigger thing as well and it might not feel trivial to yourself definitely reach out there's people out there always willing to help myself and Rose are definitely two of those people if you ever need us Um, but yeah always know there's help there and never lose sight of the fact in the grand scheme of things we are just a speck of dust floating around in the universe so let's try not to take those things too personally so on that note uh we bring our episode to a close and we we're really excited about coming back to yourselves with further episodes with more juicy juicy topics i think this one around identity will definitely be a really good future episode uh if you guys have any suggestions for topics you'd like us to discuss and talk about please do get in touch with ourselves. As always, we've got our email, which is mavenbody at gmail.com. That's spelled M-A-V-E-N-B-O-D-D-I-E at gmail.com. And of course, we've got our Instagram page as well. Mind Your Thoughts Podcast. So it's actually got the podcast bit at the end as well. So don't don't miss that out. (laughs) Mind Your Thoughts Podcast. Follow our Instagram handle and do reach out to us whether you want to comment on the back of things, like and share our content or just DM us. We would love to hear from you. So, as always, until next time, mind your thoughts. Thank you for listening to us
0: today. Next time you feel distraught, remember to mind your thoughts.